With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Richmond have decided to stick with the two captains again this year, Dylan Grimes and Toby Nankervis. And Neil Baum, Richmond Senior Club Advisor, has been good enough to give me a couple of minutes of his time. Barmy, great to have you back on. Uh, the audience loves you back on your slot, so thanks for coming back on. <laughs> thanks, Dino. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when are the umpires due out to your group to explain what's going to be new in 2023? Yeah, I'm not. It's very, very soon. Um, we were talking about. Yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly when, but uh, it will be soon. And, and we need it to happen because, I mean, umpiring is a really challenging job, and you've got they've got to have as good a relationship as they can with the players. And I know I was a little bit unkind to umpires a bit when I played. I made I made their job harder than it should have been. But uh, no, it's um, no, they'll be out soon. So. Uh, Hopefully our blokes will listen and they'll get on pretty well. And there is a lot of questions asked, I mean, about protected area. Exactly how big is the protected area? How close can I go? What if I'm a metre away from my man? Does that mean I can follow him? So there are a lot of things that need clarification in a player's mind, even if they were clear last year, just to get it reconfirmed to them. Well, they do. I mean, my own gut feels that I think we make it almost too hard for the umps to make them carry the can for all that because it's all about making the you know the game look better and all that sort of stuff. But I think sometimes we should make it even simpler than it is at times. But again, that's that's another discussion altogether. So uh, we do, yeah, our players do know, need to know exactly what the umpires are expecting and what they'll pay so that they don't get uh, don't get caught out by you know sometimes it's uh, it's natural to follow your man. Um, but with these rules, you can't. When you got to stop, it means you got to stop, and, that, and that's not. When we played, it's not what we did because you just when where your man went, you sort of naturally followed where he went. But they can't do that now. So yeah, they they do need to have that discussion. So the evolution of Richmond, uh, you've bring, brought in Hopper, Taranto. Uh, you just keep getting better, and it seems as if uh, topping up with really good players to stay in the window is what the great clubs are, are trying to achieve. Yeah, it's interesting. I just uh, just before doing this today, I was had a look at the list again, and you know, and if you look at our list, there's 20 odd which you virtually pick every week. There's a couple of newies in Toronto and Hopper, which will make a huge difference, and there's a few new kids and a few of the kids that have been there for a little while. We want to play, so we've got some genuine challenges as how we use them the best we can and give them opportunities. But uh, I think we're in, we've never been in a better spot. I think. Um, we should be very confident about what we can do this year. Last year, we were a bit inconsistent, which was disappointing and lost too many close games. But our best was pretty good and we will be better because there's no doubt that um, the kids will get better and Toronto and Hopper will make us a better team because of what they do in the midfield. So uh, we got, we're, we're very, very positive about what's going to happen for us this year. It's a tough year and there's quite a few teams can tell the same story as we are. So it's a... I think it's going to be a wonderful year, but I think we'll be pretty strong, pretty competitive. And at the top end, you've had stability. You've had the same coach for, what, 14 years now, and you've stuck with the same captains again this year, even though you've still got Trent Cochin playing. So there is a, I mean, stability, there's a lot to be said for that at a football club too? Well, there is, but in, and from a coaching point of view, you've got the same coach, but we've got, he's got a lot of coaches around him influencing him. There's been a reasonable amount of change in that over the journey, and he does listen. Um, it's very important that they do that. In the good old days, it was one bloke decided and just 
his way or the highway. <laughs> but now there's a lot of discussion and a lot of sharing of information and, um, and and ultimately it's what the players know rather than what the coaches know so we're in a good spot but but even the captaincy thing there it's um, leadership is much bigger than captaincy if you know what I mean but uh, the captaincy is important because who you actually nominate as the one who leads what we think is right they've got to be the right sort of people and certainly uh, both Dylan and Toby showed last year that they are uh, but the support they get from the other players is really significant and important as well so for those who, like me, I don't really know Dylan Grimes or Toby Nankervis that well. I see them on the field every week, but I don't know them beyond that. What do they bring to the table? Oh, they're both... Um, there's no doubt that you'll get everything from them, and they really do. There's, they don't hold back. They have a decent crack. They buy in. They're very much team-orientated. Uh, they challenge and support all their teammates. So, they're, no, they're ideal there. Francis Burke, like, if... if uh, if anyone remembers what Berkey was like, they're not dissimilar to him in, in the way they play and that they give you everything. And speaking of your old uh, mates, uh, Michael Roach, how's he going? Well, funnily enough, I spoke to him uh, half an hour ago and he's going pretty oh. well. He's uh, He had a bit of a bit of an issue. He had a bit of a heart problem and then finished up having to have a, um, you know, have a surgery on his heart. And then he had a couple of minor things happen around it, which could have been a problem, you know, blood clotting in his leg or whatever it is. But fortunately, that's all solved and he's home and feeling pretty good. So uh, it was a bit of a scare for him, but he's in pretty good shape. Can you give us a couple of positional moves? Where, How much forward and how much in the middle for Dusty? Well, the great thing for both Dusty and Koch, as I see it, is that people, the Tarando and Hopper thing coming in being you know, the full-time midfielders gives them a chance to do something else, doing what they do well, which is really that, you know, wonderful forward craft they've got and ability to make something out of nothing. Both of them can do that. So I reckon there'll be a bit more of that than there has been uh, because, but they can still play in the midfield when they want to and we want them to. So I think uh, there's there's really a lot of options for us. But certainly uh, if you were a, a backman, you wouldn't want to pick up either of them every week. I wouldn't think they're a very talented player. Tom Lynch, uh, how's he going? Will he be right for round one or not? Yeah, we're reasonably confident. Uh, no certainty yet, but he's pretty good. He's moving pretty well. Um, we, if we had to predict, we'd say he will play round one, but uh, we can't back that in totally yet. And your player management strategy, there's been a story about uh, Geelong's template and uh, where, where you've seen what they've done and whether you are going to adjust what you do as well. Where, where is that at, that afl.com.au report, if you've seen it? Oh, no. Well, if, I mean, the fact that Geelong are doing it, it's probably good. <laughs> um, but we won't do it just because they did it. We'll look at it and what do we need? And, you know, if someone's done it, we'll, we'll use that as an example of how to manage it. But uh, we do have, there's no doubt we have players on our list that we want to play that aren't necessarily in our obvious best uh, team. So there's a, that, that drives it as well. We need to play these kids. We need to give them the opportunity. And if it means... Uh, resting uh, one of the, the blokes who've done all the work throughout the year, like a Martin or a Cochin who's a touch older or you know someone who's doing a lot of the midfield work, well, and, and it works, well, we'll be doing it. Um, so I think um, there's plenty of room for that sort of thing in footy nowadays. Uh, it, it, even though we would say each week this is the only game that counts and you've got to pick your best team for this week, um, there's a season to take into account and there's the longer-term stuff as well. So we'll, we'll certainly consider all that. So does that come into play, not only with the senior players then who might be spent and need a rest, but guys like Tyler Sonsi who you probably think, well, we've got to give this kid a couple of games at least uh, to get him a chance to prove us 
uh, what we thought that he had because we recruited him so early. No, I think that's absolutely a significant part of it. We, we you know, we did a little exercise on our camp a couple of weeks ago with our catering guys, picked the best team, and you, and all of a sudden you pick the best team, and there's these seven or eight kids there. You're saying, well, we want to play them, and they're not in this team. How the hell are we going to do that? So I think that's a significant part of the strategy: is how do we, how do we play sons? How do we play the uh, the new young kids when it's their turn, um, and and actually make consciously do it and give them a chance to show us what they can do, and then at least we'll find out. So I think you're quite right. I think it's, the world's changing a little bit from that point of view. Do you also think everyone's saying that everyone's going to play quicker? You've always played pretty quick and played that chaotic style that has suited you, but do you see that evolution continuing this year with even the teams that didn't play that quick now playing quick? Oh, I think it's a bit of both. You still have to have control, but if you're quicker, it's harder to stop. There's no doubt about that. That's simple, but if you're quick and... And uh, and you're not tidy. It's not such a good thing. So you still got you still got to get it right. There's still a balance. And do you think it's a larger midfield rotation group than it ever has been as well? So more guys flowing through there. The more guys that you've got that are quality to give you a great centre square starting four, or even on your wings as well, gives you that advantage. Oh, I think you have to. If you can, you're gonna you've got to be better off. But they've got to be able to do it. Um, and that, that's the challenge, so you've got to give them the opportunity. But, you know, it's such a hard game for them now to expect them to be absolutely at their best for 100 minutes is nearly impossible. So you've got to have the uh, uh, the rotations without any doubt. And uh, the bench style that you've got now with the sub rule changing, do you think the two-ruck thing will be more in vogue? You've gone through a couple of different eras at Richmond where you didn't play a second ruck at all, you just had a pinch hitter. But how do you think that's going to happen? Is it still who you've got when it comes to your ruckman that decides how you actually go about it? Yeah, I don't think we've quite resolved it, even in our own mindset. Um, you know, we always think we're going to need two ruckmen, but you only need one ruckman at a time, which sounds a bit left-handed thing to say, but you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, but if all of a sudden you lose your gun one and your second one's not good enough, you're in big trouble. So you've got to have them around. But I'm not absolutely sure of the answer. I mean, being an old ruckman, I reckon you should play as many ruckmen as you can. Um but uh, that's not going to be the case. And you need to be able to do other things as well, which, again, in our day you could as well. But, um, but well, we've got a few opportunities there. It'd uh, be interesting to see how what actually works for us. But um, uh, we're, I think we're caught between uh, rock and hard place there. We're not quite sure what to do either, I don't think. I had uh, a conversation with an old ruckman the other day. I won't name him because uh, it, it was a private one. But just on old rucks, I mean, Sam Newman used to jump and be a, a palmer of the ball. There, there was... Was it more craft back then to put it down a guy's throat? I mean, there were some great midfielders back then as well, but it seemed like that putting it down a throat might have been a thing done more so back in your day, Barmy. Oh, yeah, who knows? That's what we're always trying to do. <laughs> Did we get away with it? Who knows? Um, oh, I think that's if you're going to get the tap, well, no, you mightn't put it down the throat, but as long as you put it where you plan to put it, you might just run onto it. Um, mm. No, there's always a great bit of planning about it, but um, I think you've underestimated them if we think that they are still trying to do that now. Maybe there's more uh, opposition players being able to read it uh, even better. Hey, great to have a chat to you, Barmy. Always good to be able to pick your brain. Um, I've got a philosophical question to ask you just before you go. Being a, an iconic club like Richmond is now, a destination club, I heard Tom Harley talking on breakfast earlier today, talking about facilities and being able to sell Sydney as a city and the culture overall 
is an area where you know they can win when it comes to the recruiting game. Richmond's now in a position where, as a club, um, you can recruit guys like Hopper and Taranto because why wouldn't you want to come and play at this iconic club that's got a great culture with a great coach? Um, what's the lure that you can use these days outside of just your footy department cap. So when it comes to you spending your money, is it facilities? What is it that you can grow at a club to, to get that edge? Oh, normally um, the player wants to play in a winning environment and that's what you've got to probably sell them. I mean, can they be part of it and how can they be and what do they need to be do to do that and can we afford to fit them in and are they the right sort of person for it? But I think you know, most of the recruiting that I've done over the you know, the many years I've been in, mostly it's been about what does the player want from the club? What do we provide for him? And that's very much cultural. It's not If he's just coming for the money, he's coming for the wrong reasons. Um, but he needs to come for the opportunity that he might play in a, uh, in a winning team. Uh, the blokes around him are going to support him and help him. Uh, they're going to welcome his family, all that sort of stuff. Footy's really just a thing about people, and I think that's still the most significant thing you can sell as a club. Are we a decent bunch of people or are we a decent club? Will you strive here and will it be worthwhile for you and will you enjoy it and will you do the best you can and can we help you be the best you can be? That's really exactly where we are, I think. That's why they got you, Barmy, because great people make great clubs. Always great to have you, Barmy, and we'll talk soon. Good luck with the season. Thanks, Dwayne. Good on you, mate.